Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist out there somewhere and of course the Honorable Tesla and the fantastic Miss Frida are here. Tesla respectively is chewing on his jackalope antler and the fantastic Miss Frida staring at me randomly wondering why I'm talking to a mic and wondering where her uncle butt maestro is but maestro are you there <laughs> frida knows frida oh. totally knows she she th the dogs have to know by now why you do the same thing every tuesday and it's the same reason we used to do this together in your apartment before you had to move all the way to florida sorry i i asked the admiral to give tesla and frida have you seen the state of new orleans right I now I've, have you seen the state of, of, of Florida? Hey. I'm genuinely surprised there isn't a drag queen in Florida named Rhonda Santis. There probably is somewhere. There probably is. I I can't take credit for that joke. I saw it on fucking Twitter. Anyway, hi everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the shit they love, which is more often than not, movies. Uh, Woo! It's been a lot of anniversaries, and... We're doing, uh, what are we doing today, Admiral? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones. Now, let rip the band-aid off early for us and our listeners. How old is this movie? 42 years old. This is a four Oof, okay. This is the 42nd anniversary of this movie. And of course, we decided to review it because the new one's coming out, so... Uh, the Buttmeister had two choices, and he left it up to the Brian Cranston coin flip and for people who don't know yes. the brian cranston coin flip is just email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com and we'll give you the story we'll let you know what it is so we decided i i believe it's also on the instagram isn't it haven't haven't you already given like a brief explanation of the brian cranston coin in like an instagram post i believe so basically uh i was at mardi gras before covid I held up a sign, because this is big when Brian Cranston was like, I've got your Mountain Dew Zero, and I had a Mountain Dew Zero for him. He read my sign, flipped a coin right at me, and I slammed my foot on it. That's that's what I did. So now, Love it. it is the Brian Cranston coin. So any it, it is the decision maker. Anytime we need anything, Brian Cranston coin. Which is even more appropriate now that he's supposedly retired from acting. Yep, which makes it better. I congratulate him, because he's had an, a hell of an acting career. Absolutely insane. I applaud he the man. He can come back if he wants to, if he chooses to. I, I, I think, and and hey, Cinemaniacs, listeners, uh, let us know if you agree or disagree. I think it wouldn't be inappropriate for us to, at some point to do a Brian Cranston month. What do you think, Admiral? That would be cool. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it like a, a, a few episodes of Malcolm in the Middle, a few episodes of... Uh, Breaking Bad. Wasn't he in the Total Recall me remake with Colin Farrell? I don't. Re I you know I've seen that movie, but I don't remember it. So I I saw that at midnight when it came uh, out. Anyway, sorry y'all. We're not talking about Brian Cranston. He's an incredible actor, and we will talk about him more on another day. Uh, but today we're mostly talking about Harrison Ford and John Rice. John Rhys Davies. He's kind of fucking awesome. And John Rhys Davies and so many other incredible actors in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Um, so you want to just start with John Williams. You want to get the, the you want to get the maestro out of the room, but maestro. 
yeah, no, I, I think that'd be very appropriate because this movie is so, and this whole series of movies is so formed around this incredible theme. Uh, and uh, the story goes that John Williams uh, kind of took a more lighthearted approach to this movie. And like Lucas, when Lucas was writing the story for it, uh, took a lot of inspirations from the old serials. Uh, and um, initially wrote two themes, presented them to George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. And they were like, I love them both. And so he ended up using both of those themes. The, the march, the Raiders march, but I'm not going to sing anymore because you know it. You know it. And the B theme inside of the Raiders march, um, uh, and I'm blanking on it off the top of my head now. Um, my perfect pitch is off but you know what i mean that's the b theme he presented those as like options to spielberg and he was like use them both okay these men are brilliant together these men have always been historically brilliant together uh and bring out the best in each other the first 10 minutes of this movie is mostly music there are entire drawn-out sequences in this movie with hardly any dialogue, and the music is just going. Yeah, no, I 100% agree um, with that. The music makes this movie, like, just... Adventurous. Exactly. Exactly. It, it really brings out the adventurous nature of this movie. It feels like you're going alongside these characters on a thrilling adventure. It's, it's also... And it makes it fun. It, it, it brings out the inner child in all of it, and it makes it fun, you know? It's also just amazing that Steven Spielberg wanted to do a James Bond movie because this they came up with this idea while making Sandcastles during, okay. during 77 when they were both yeah. on, like, you know, waiting to see how their, both their movies did on Hawaii, and they came up with this idea, hey... Um, uh, Spielberg was like, I want to do a James Bond movie. And George Lucas goes, I have a better idea. And basically created the character of Indiana Jones. Yeah. From like nothing. And also, did you know that this is the only Indiana Jones movie to be nominated for best, uh, picture? Wait, this is the only Spielberg movie no. or, uh, Indiana Jones movie. Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think it also would have been very appropriate to have Last Crusade nominated. And we're already very, we've been very open with our opinions on the Indiana Jones movie on the show before. We're, we're both pretty open that Last Crusade is our favorite. Yep. No, well, look. But this is a really close second. Yeah. So me, me this, it's this one and uh, Temple of Doom that always uh, fight or tied for second place for me. Okay. Yeah, and you also wanted to mention something uh, before we started recording, but you said you wanted to wait till on air, so I want you to mention it now before you forget about it. You said you had something that you wanted to talk about it from this well, movie. Well, let's, let's start talking about the story, and as we get to the character of Sala, I'll mention it okay. then. All right, so we open with the sequence, and look, the sequence has been talked to death on film essays, podcasts, like everything. The scene is iconic. It is amazing. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. Wonderfully acted. Absolutely fantastic job at telling us so much while having the characters say very little. Yes. It's all by uh, lighting, 
acting, context, directing, writing. Yep. Like everything meshes together. The fact that you don't see your main your main character, your your main protagonist until like three minutes into the movie while coming out of the shadows while attacking a man that's trying to shoot him. That's a ballsy ass move. Let's just say that. Ballsy oh, it's incredible. ass move. So it, it sets the tone so fucking well. Yep. Um, Everything about the indies setup in this movie does such a good job. Just like George Lucas put us in the Star Wars universe at episode four and did a great job, even with that first one, of showing this is a lived-in universe and a lot of shit has been happening up to this point. We're going to pick up the story kind of in the middle. Yep. Raiders does the same thing with Indy of showing, hey, this isn't the beginning of his story. He's already had a well-traveled career. He's already pretty well-known and pretty well-accomplished. Yep. Um, and did you like Alfred Molino's cameo? Absolutely. You know, that was his first credit, right? Uh, I didn't know that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Also, apparently in the the uh, spider sequence, I know you're a fan of spiders. Not. I know. I know you're not. I, I, I was okay. Okay. Uh, but you know the spiders that <laughs> I, were on I was the okay. back. I of- was maintaining... The spiders that were back. I kept up. reminding, mm-hmm. I kept reminding myself that tarantulas are relatively harmless if you don't provoke them. Yep. Yeah. So you know the amount of spiders that was on the back of Alfred Molino's back, right? Uh, too damn many. Uh, they didn't move until a female tarantula was introduced, and they were like, "Oh, let's go over there." Yeah. They didn't move. They were like. No, we're not moving. <laughs> um, and then we get to see Indy, the iconic scene, uh, basically put a bag of sand while trying to, I guess, acquire... Yeah, disarming the trap. Acquire would be a more preferred term. The fertility god. I'm sorry, to fertility god stat- goddess statue, which I have in the recording studio looking right at me. I know. I know. Um, and, um, uh, and he gets out. Uh, of course, Alfred Molino perishes because he didn't he didn't realize the sunlight triggers. He didn't remember the the sunlight triggers the spikes. And we meet yep. Belloc, a French archaeologist. Ugh, this asshole. Now, so wonderfully acted. Wonderfully acted. You know who that guy is, right? Why do I know that face? Why do I know that voice? So you've seen the movie Hot Fuzz, correct? Yes. He's the yes. priest oh. in Hot Fuzz. Oh. When he's like, okay. When he's like, fuck off, grasshopper. I'm just like, all right, Belloc. Like, legit, anytime I'm like, Belloc, shut the fuck up, all right? Calm the fuck down. Cool. I see it now. Yes. Yeah. But that is. He was Ivan, that's Belloc. Ivan Ooze in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, no. That's uh, he him. was incredible in this. He was an incredibly, like, great, very hateable villain. 1,000%. Very easily hateable villain. Like, in, in the same way as Joffrey Baratheon. Uh, and he's you know? also in the movie, uh, which not all people know about. It's called Without a Clue. It's basically a bumbling movie where actually... Um, uh, uh, it's you should check it out. It's really good. I highly suggest it. But he plays Professor Moriarty in it. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, 
Um, and so then we get to see a chase sequence. We get to see uh, Indy fly off in the sunset. And we get to the point of the movie where I tell you something hilarious that might happen in the near future. Um, so, uh, you're familiar with Jim Strangeport, correct? Yes. So he has an indie costume, and I was and uh, and they do a lot of uh, races in the Central Orlando area, and he's like, okay. "I want to run as Indiana Jones." My first thought was, "Cool, I'm gonna run as Jacques." And I'm going to have a little tiny pole, cane pole, with a little tiny, uh, like, airplane. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, what else? I go, oh, Patron's going to be Reggie. My snake pet Reggie. He laughed so hard. So basically, Indy's going to be running. I'm going to be running after Indy. And my my pet snake Reggie, who is Patron, will be dressed up as a snake running after us. The three of us running in tandem would be hilarious. That I'll be honest, that's not where I thought you were going with that, but that is hilarious. Yep. Uh, I, I thought you were going to I thought you were going to go with uh go in the route of you were going to just dress up as the boulder. <laughs> and run behind him as the boulder chasing him. My god, that's even hilarious. That's more hilarious. Oh. Either way, though, that's fucking hilarious, and if he if he actually does that, I need pictures. Yeah, and of course, people, the uh, garbage I, I truck need pictures. The garbage truck that's decided to come right now at this exact point. That's okay. The listeners are they y'all know what this is. Y'all know this is a show produced for free for fun on on technology that we basically got gifted. You know. Yep. <laughs> I mean, audacity is free, as, so we do this as low budget as fucking possible. Yep. Y'all know what you're in for. Uh, and so, uh, so then they basically after that, uh, they go. He goes back to col- He goes back to his college where he works, and he gets to talk to uh, Marcus, his old friend from. Spe- speaking of speaking of them setting up how like well known he already is, in five seconds we see how well known he is at the university. He's the hot professor. The pilf, you may say? Oh, 100%. He, he is the university pilf. Absolutely. Like, I'd never noticed the detail of the girl blinking her eyelids that say, love you. I don't know why I never noticed You've that. You've never noticed that before? So, I have to confess something. Hmm. Uh, this is not the first time I've seen this movie. Okay. Not by a long shot. Okay. It is one of the more recent first times that I've actually sat down and watched it while it's on. Okay. You know what I mean? You mean you actually, like, took notice? Like, really paid close attention to it. That's understandable. Because most of the time when this movie is on, it's, oh, it it was on a random channel, let's just have it on as background noise while I do what I gotta do around the house. Yep. Kind of thing. Uh, because it's just one of those movies that's pleasant to listen to because of John Williams' score, because of the sound design, because of the acting. It just It's a fun-ass movie to have in the background. But to watch it and actually pay attention to it and notice little details, I'm sorry. Please keep going. Uh, no, and so then uh, two uh, people from the government come up. One is played by the actor who plays Porkins from A New Hope. I thought so. Yep. Okay. I fucking thought so. And so then... Uh, yeah. 
Keep going. Uh, and so then after that, they, you know, they start talking about, they start like sh- showing and depicting. And to me, the music really sets the scene. Like it really oh, yeah. sets the scene. It makes it more foreboding. It makes it mysterious. It makes it chilling. And that's what I think, like, that's what I think John Williams did with this scene. I don't know if you feel the same way. Absolutely. GLaDOS, while watching this movie with me, uh, pointed out several instances in this movie of John Williams kind of ripping himself off, which you're allowed to do as a composer. Correct. You're not allowed to plagiarize other composers. You're absolutely allowed to to reuse and reincorporate musical ideas that you've used in the past and adapt them to new works. The theme that plays anytime the arc is brought up. Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds a whole lot like, oh, it sounds like Palpatine. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Gladys also pointed out there's another theme uh, in the movie, and I know we're gonna talk about these scenes later. Um, oh shit, I'm blanking on what the theme is right now. Keep going, Admiral. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. So then basically they the Marcus talks to. Uh, the men from the government, like, hey, look, um, we, we're, they're going to fund the entire arc, uh, the, the entire arc expedition, and we, the museum gets the arc when they're done. It's not really specified if there is, but, you know, it's the government, so do you really trust them? Right. Um, so basically, he knows where the headpiece of Ra is, um, uh, uh, Abner who is uh, his old professor. Uh, so he goes to Nepal um, and sees Marion Ravenwood, his old flame. I, this is something that when it when they first talk about it in the movie, it, they, it's so vague that you have to give it the asterisk of, okay, if they were if she was in fact as young as they're insinuating here, it's borderline grooming. But her age in the movie is so vague that it's like, well, she could have been 20 or she could have been 15. It's really hard to pin down. And I believe they left that vague for a reason. Yeah. Once again, grooming is horribly wrong. Absolutely. In this specific instance, it's just hard to nail down exactly where the time frame was. Correct. Um, so uh, then we get to see a nice bar fight sequence, which I really enjoyed a lot. Um, and we get to see oh, I love it. the German frog-looking motherfucker. He looks like a fucking frog in a German outfit. He really—he looks plastic. He looks like he's made of plastic. Uh, well, we see at the end what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he goes to—he melts like plastic. So he goes to grab the headpiece of Ra while it's burning from a fire, and it burns Idiot. into his hands, which you know it should because he's a fucking dickhead. He's a Nazi, so fuck him. Um, oh, exactly. He gets his burn. He goes out, plunges his hand into the snow, and that's all we see of him for now. Um, so then they run away. Marion's bar catches on fire, and she's like, "She's like Indiana Jones. I'm your goddamn partner." Um, and then we get to see Cairo, and John Reese Davis comes in. You want to talk about him? Yes, I do. So uh, most nerds listening to this show probably also know John Reese John Reese Davies as. Gimli, son of Gloim, My axe! in the Lord of the Rings movie. Exactly. Um, however, 
those of you listening to this uh, thinking, but he's, he's also familiar from something else, but I can't pin it down. Have you seen Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement? Yes. A long time ago. He's Chris Pine's dad. Oh, no, I know that. He's he's the royal trying to usurp uh, Queen Rinaldi. I, I think that I think it was I think it's good how he plays like really different types of characters. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. He's incredible, and he's also from Sliders. John, John Reese Davies. I know nobody else knows about yeah, the TV John... show Sliders, but me. But he's in Sliders. Uh he's one of my favorite characters in this movie. Oh, in this movie, yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Um. Oh, also, he's he's so much fun. Did you know Frank Welker does the voice of uh does the noises of the monkey? Wait, who does Frank Welker? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so this is basically the second time he starred in a quote-unquote Disney movie and done voices as a monkey. One was this, and the what other was... one was Aladdin. Oh, shit, you're he right. He did Abu. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so then, uh, basically, uh, Marion and Indiana Jones, they have a day to kill in Cairo. Um, and so they go out shopping. That, that's one way of putting it. And the Nazis attack. Oh, and by the way, you know the scene with the monkey when the monkey does a Hail Hitler? Yep. So the so his owner does Hail Hitler, uh, and then the monkey does one. Uh, that was that was ad libbed by the monkey. <laughs> okay. I mean that's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But cool. That that's kind of funny actually. But cool. Um and so uh, we go in this, this chase sequence, and Marion dies. Um, and so Indiana Jones drinks himself to death, basically, because he's lost the only woman he's ever loved, um, supposedly. Um, and then him and Belloc go and talk, um, and Indiana Jones is like, look, I'm going to kill you, and I don't really care. And he's like, you're going to kill me in a crowded room? Indiana Jones goes to pull his gun. Lo and behold... The entire bar is basically uh, paid for by the Nazi armor. Belloc. Yeah. But pretty much at that moment, he's like surrounded by kids. Yeah. Another detail I didn't put together until this time around. I'm pretty sure those kids were sent by Sala. Oh, yeah. No. Did you not hear what he said? He goes, but what saved by kids or you, you won't be saved by children next time. He's like, well, I mean, Belloc said that, but no, I meant, did you not see, did you not hear what Salah said? He goes, better than the uh, National Guard, huh? <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> he was like, he, he sent his children because he knows that nobody's going to shoot kids. He's like, they're not going to shoot kids in broad daylight. Yeah. Um, that, that'd be really fucked up. Yeah, it would. Um, also, I love when, when, <laughs> when Salah's trying to describe Belloc to Indy, and he's like, they call him Belosh. Hey, you mean Bella? <laughs> you mean Bella? Right? Bella. Um, and so, um, Indiana Jones and Sala go to see the old man that can read the head, the head, the staff, uh, the head of the staff piece of raw. The staff. Um. Yeah. And we get to see, uh, uh, the owner of said monkey come and poison the dates that right. Um, uh, they are consuming. So, Indiana Jones... R.I.P. Monkey. Yeah, trigger warning, the monkey does die. Yes. 
Um, so Indiana Jones, throughout this entire scene, is trying to eat the dates and always gets stopped by something like, oh, but wait, like, you know, different things here and there. And when he goes to fling the date in his mouth, I love that John Reese davies grabs it and goes, bad dates. I wonder how many takes that took. I don't know. But all I have to say is, maybe it's because of this scene, but I don't eat dates for that reason. Because I'm afraid that they're poison. I'm afraid. That's fucking hilarious. I would, I, I would say that. I don't think I, I hardly ever eat like the, the, the pitted dates, but like there's definitely a handful of like protein bars at Swapper Jack's that have dates as an ingredient. So like, oh, that's oh, fine. I guess. That's fine. I'm not eating dates by themselves, like just randomly. So you're afraid that a monkey man poisoned them. I'm afraid that the monkey's owner poisoned it. The owner of the monkey that I have somewhere in my house, apparently, that I don't know about, it poisoned it. All right, you're you're pulling a Frankenstein isn't Frankenstein, it's Frankenstein's monster thing. Hey, just want to specify. Just want to specify, okay? That's it. Clarity. Thank you, Clarity is the key. Clarity is the key. And so then uh, they go to the Well of Souls, um, and we get to see, we get to, we get to feel that awe and wonderment again of being in a room that no one's been in besides the Nazis for like a thousand years. In centuries. So we get to see where the, where the head, the head of soul, the head, the well of souls is. Um, and we get to see, uh, basically that the, uh, Nazis are digging in the wrong room. Yep. So they go to, they, they start, they start digging, they start digging, they start digging. And then all of a sudden a thunderstorm comes out of nowhere. Lightning flash. Lightning flash. And then they open it up. And there's 7,000 snakes in that scene. Did you know that, but Maestro? There are 7,000 snakes. So, this, this is another thing I have to mention. Because, again, GLaDOS was kind of on and off watching this movie with me while the LSU World Series baseball game, Go Tigers, was going on. And as Sala is going, Asps, very dangerous. Uh, GLaDOS goes... Look at all the little ball pythons. And it's like a few garden snakes. Oh, they're so harmless. They're so cute. Okay, one cobra. <laughs> one cobra amongst hundreds of little garden snakes and, and little ball pythons. Technically, <laughs> the, the, 7, the same 000. person that has watched. Oh my god, that's way too many. Even if they're harmless, that's too many. <laughs> This is the same person that watches the Lord of the Rings and see the Balrog come on and go, it's just a little guy. Yep. All he wants. He's so cute. All he wants is pets. <laughs> um, and so then uh, head in, pull out, pull out the Ark. And uh, did you notice C-3PO and R2-D2 in the hieroglyphics? No. Yeah. If you pause it. What? If you pause it when they're pulling out the Ark, you get to see... C-3PO and R2-D2 in hieroglyphic form. If you hear type, uh, frantic typing, that's me Googling this. Keep going. Um, and so then, uh, after that, uh, the art goes up. And then, uh, oh gosh, Sala goes up. And then Indy's like, oh, let me go up. Um, and then I love, I love that Belloc's like, hello, Indiana. Hey, Renee. 
dick. How's it going? Like you're just talking to an old friend. What do you want? Why are you here right now? I hate your guts, by the way. Um, so basically throws down uh, Marion. What a dick. Here you go. Let's go. Uh, you're, you're too, you're, 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 you're going to be worth something and thing. And I love that. I love that when they, before they close it, he goes, Indiana Jones. I do. He goes, I do. <laughs> and I'm just like, I love that. It's like, that's it. That's it. That's all you're going to get. Um, breaks out. Um, and this scene when Marion is like amongst the corpses. Oh my God. That scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like. Oh, it scared me. It scared me yesterday when I watched this. <laughs> it absolutely scared me when I watched this as a as a fucking 31-year-old adult. It scared the shit out well, of me. Well, okay. What was more scary, the corpses jumping out or the giant snake coming out of someone's mouth? The the corpses because GLaDOS is right there telling me, "Calm down. It's clearly a fake snake or it's clearly a harmless fucking garden snake." Probably. Probably. <laughs> Um, and so then, uh, they get out and they get to have the giant fight sequence with the giant brooding, uh, mechanic Nazi that gets yep. beheaded by the fucking helicopter blade. That, that, that dude yeah. who just, he just wants to have a tussle. <laughs> Bully. Uh, and so then, uh, we get to see an amazing chase sequence with the arc. Indiana Jones is really good at it. This is grade A storytelling right here. Like, absolutely. He needs to get to Love. point A to point B and do it. And that's it. And of course, of course, I love, I, lo- I feel like, I feel like this is George just writing a script. But what are we going to do when we get it? I don't know. I'm making this stuff as I go. Like, I, <laughs> I feel that was George like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Fuck it. No, I, I agree completely. Yeah. Oh, and also earlier, uh, we have to talk about how um, we have just we have to just mention this in the room because apparently, if you review this movie, you have to mention it. Um, in the sequence um, when the giant swordsman is trying to fight Indiana Jones, and Indiana Jones is like, "I don't really have the time for this. I'm going to shoot you." <laughs> Indiana Jones and everyone else of the crew had dysentery. Uh, yep. During that, got it the night before of that scene. So that's so legit. Instead of moving, he's just like, "I'll shoot him. I'm gonna shoot him," and that's that's Harrison Ford. That's Harrison Ford on screen right there. Like <laughs> it was Harrison Ford. Like uh, I'm, j- you know, I could just shoot the guy. And Steven's like, "Okay, yeah, do it. Let's go for it." Um, so then we get a, go for we it. We get a we get a chase sequence. We get amazing music. We get oh, we get overpowering. Uh, uh, the Nazi regime, and we get to hear a Frenchman yell "idiot" to to a Nazi, <laughs> and then they drive off, they get away, and I don't know if you saw this, but Maestro, but I've been aware of it in the past couple of years. When Indiana Jones comes and pushes the Ark, and all the people come in front of it, and it's a bunch of, and it's it, it's a marketplace. Um, if you look at that frog Nazi man in one sequence. It's just a pole with the coat and hat over it. He's not there for one of those scenes. And obviously it was reshoots. But yeah, one of those scenes where it's just like, uh, yeah, nobody will notice. We're just going to put a, literally a pole 
put a hat on it and put the jacket over it. No one will notice it. Yeah, it's in there for like one scene. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I pointed out to Patron and she's like, are you fucking serious? I was like, yeah, they just fucking got away with it. They're like, nobody's going to notice. Nobody's going to notice that shit. Nobody's going to know. No, no. How will they know? No, exactly. Um, so then they get on a boat and they go away and Marion kisses Sala and he sings a British tar. Are you familiar with where that is from in a musical standpoint? Isn't it Gilbert and Sullivan? Uh, he they did HMS Pinafore, correct? Yeah. Then yeah, no, that's it. There, it's from HMS yeah. Pinafore. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Which I mean, it's like wait, I know this. Which I mean, I also really only know because of uh, Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons, because he does like an entire yeah. musical sequence of HMS yep. Pinafore. Like. <laughs> They, they've also done several bits like this in, in early Family Guy back when it was kind of good. Oh, okay. See, I stopped watching Family Guy after season two, I think. Sorry. Totally fair. No. Totally fair. And so then uh, we get to see basically a rat is overpowered by the will of God or supposedly the will of God. Um, and the Nazis are there and they take over and Indiana Jones hides. Oh, and you know the scene where he goes... Uh, where Indiana Jones is like, it's the mileage, honey. You know, that was ad-libbed by Harrison as well. Was it actually? Yeah. <laughs> Which, it doesn't surprise me. Not at all. It, to me, this is Harrison Ford's best role. Like, not this movie, but this entire character is... Definitely one of. Yes. For sure. Um, Because I just feel like he's more relatable than Han Solo. That's just me. I feel like... Because I guess he's on Earth, so that maybe that's why he's more relatable. I don't know. Oh, and did you also know to deposit the theory that um, Indiana Jones takes place while Han Solo's frozen in carbonite? Did you know about that theory? No, but that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so that's why, like, C-3PO and R2-D2 show up in the movie and in, um, in Temple of Doom, it's Club Obi-Wan. Uh, oh my God. And the plane is uh, three uh, three Ben O instead of C three PO and old Ben. Like yeah, it's just like <laughs> wow. So you know, watching it, it's like hmm. You know, it kind of makes sense just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> okay. And so, I I can see it. So then after that, uh, apparently. Uh, Indiana Jones decides to wrap himself with his bullwhip on the periscope of the submarine. And by the way, it's the same submarine that was used in Das Boot. Das Boot. Ah, okay. So they get to a little... That makes sense. Yes. They get to a little island in the Mediterranean, and they decide to do this. I'm sorry. As the Nazi said... This Jewish tradition, I was like, you fucking dickhead. You fucking dickhead. Um, right. And I guess we should stay at this, go to this standpoint that I am the firm believer that this movie would have happened either way of interference with Indiana Jones uh, because the Nazis, the Nazis ultimately do end up getting the Ark. They do end up getting to find out where it exactly is. 
they end up and making the Ark actually come alive and not do research, as the butt maestro said, that see that you avert your eyes. You don't look. And they ultimately would all die. So whether Indiana Jones was in this movie or not, it would have played out the exact same way. Not saying it's a bad movie, just saying Indiana Jones is in it because he's Indiana motherfucking Jones. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we get to see Belloc eat a fly. Did you see that? Did you notice that? Yep, yep. No, Gladys pointed that out. We actually had to rewind the scene a few times to make sure because I swore that the fly flew off screen in the blink of an eye. Nope, I think he totally ate it. Oh, well, well yes and no. So, in universe, he probably ate it, but it was also editing that it the the fly flew away in editing. So Okay. Yeah. Cool. But no, but yeah, there's a sequence where he does look like he ate a fly. Um but I love how he's like Renee <laughs> Like he's like, All I want's the girl And I love his like and I love how he's like he makes all the with, Nazis with the fucking RPG. I like how he makes all the Nazis get away. Go ahead, blow it up. Blow it up. Oh you wanna blow it up, don't you? <laughs> oh, that's right. You're an archaeologist. You're an archaeologist. Right. So they they go on with uh with wherever they're gonna go. I don't know why they have to march all the way down into this mountain island. I don't know why they couldn't done it right on the outskirts of where the base was, but okay. Whatever. Uh so they go and they they do the ceremony and they notice that it's just sand in the ark. And of course, Belloc said it best, would you rather do it now and see it works or do it for the Fuhrer and see that it doesn't work? So, notices that it's sand. The frogman starts laughing. Uh, the the other goose-stepping morons, the fucking dickhead, he's just like, right. worthless. Um, and they're all looking at it. They even have cameras on it. All the other Nazis of the Nazi army's looking at it. And Indiana Jones straight up goes, Whatever you do, Marion, don't look. Don't look. And all of a sudden, yep. we see these beautiful, translucent spirits come out of nowhere and turn into... We see exactly what we what we saw, what, we, what they told us about in the beginning when it was just in the book. When the FBI guys, the government guys were like, what are those things coming out of the Ark? Well, it's fire, it's lightning, it's... God, the power of God, yeah, it's one of with everything. As as Marcus yeah. says, it's a radio to speak to God. I believe were the exact words. Some, right. So Some, someone spoke those words in this movie. Um, so right. All of a sudden, we get to see the fear in people's eyes when the ghosts attack them. Light shoots through them, kills everyone, and we get to see uh, the frogman melt. Literally melt. Yep. Um, yep. The the other goose stepping moron blow uh, like burn alive, and we see Belloc m- uh, blow up. Do you know why that fire is there? Because the MPA was like, "Uh, this is too gruesome." And Stephen's like, "What happens if we put a wall of fire in front of it?" Okay. Yeah, it'll still be PG. <laughs> it's cool. Okay. PG's cool, right? Yeah, it's good. So yeah, so. This is... Wow. Okay. So, 
Uh, and then I love when we get back to Washington. Everybody's like, so where's the Ark? The, the museum will be compensated. That's fine. Where's the Ark? Hmm. Well, we got top men working on it. I'm sorry, what? Top men. And I, top men. And I love when Indiana Jones walks out and Marion's waiting for him. And he's like, bureaucratic fools. I'm like, best representation of the government right there. Bureaucratic fools. Bureaucratic fools. Best. Um, and we get to see... What? What? Yeah. We get to see the giant... The giant warehouse with all the other boxes around it and the ark going around them. Now, so, but maestro, whenever a customer yes, at Swapper Jacks goes, do you have it in the back? I think that's what they think the back looks like. Yeah. That's not what the back looks like. Oh, here's your cookie butter. So... What what else, what else is there to say about this movie? I mean, it's been talked to to death already. It's 42 years old. I mean, that... I I mean, let's just let's just get this out of the way. The obvious. Here on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. Whole gem amazing movie, half gem it's all right. No gem it sucks. Admiral, this is a whole gem, right? Correct. Do we even have to ask? No, it's correct. It's a whole gem. It's it's a nearly yeah, this, perfect this is movie. One of the nearly perfect. Exactly. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And I know people are like, well, what does it make it nearly perfect? I mean, I would like a sequence to know how Indiana Jones survived on the uh, submarine. That's just me. Sorry. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've also wondered that for quite some time. But apparently... Was, was he just hanging on the, the top of it, holding his breath, and somehow not being crushed by the uh, all the pressure that deep underwater? Ooh, too soon, sir. Too soon. I mean, it, it, is it too soon, though? No. Because it's someone's recklessness and ignorance of how underwater works that got those people killed. It's okay. You want to know the funny part is? Um, it's really sad, funny part. Um, hmm. The day me and Patron found out about that, we went to a thrift store yeah. before we went home, and I saw the movie yeah. The Abyss was a dollar on DVD, and I picked it up. The James Cameron movie oh Abyss. And I was like, whoa! It's like, hey. Oh. Hey. Um, yeah. Amazing soundtrack. Oh, probably. 1,000%. Um, amazing. I believe it's a James Horner yeah. soundtrack. Um, it's just fucking amazing. And also, uh, earlier I did mention about uh, the set, the staff piece of Raw 2, but Maestro. So, I was at uh, Epcot the other day going to get, going to look at the pins, and I saw, oh, they had the, they have the staff, the the headpiece of Ra. So I went up to the lady. I was like, I would like the headpiece of Ra, the Indiana Jones. And she was like, oh, this one? And I go, on the bottom. And she's like, she goes a little below. She's like, this one? I go, below that one. She's like, oh, is this from the new movie? And I was like, no, it's from the original one, ma'am. She's like, oh, from the new one? I go, no, ma'am, from the 1981 one. Oh, there's more than one? And I'm just like, yep. And she's like, oh, I got to catch up on my series. And I'm like, and I wanted to be like, it's movies. It's not a series. <laughs> but I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just She's like, I'm ready for the new one. Are you? I was like, yeah, I am. I am. 
I kind of want to be like, can you name the other four? Can you tell me the other four? Don't don't be that gatekeeper. I'm not. I didn't. But it was just like, it was very like, I just want the pen. I don't need a story. Just give me the pen, please. And also, by the way, the pen doesn't have the writing on the side, and it doesn't have the writing on the back. Good job, Disney. Good job. You could have done it. But you didn't. You did. That's it. Thank you, Marty. Yeah. And the Eric Nazerber for allowing us to be on your website, lowrainpictures.com. Also, Kevin George, thank you for letting us use your music. But, Maestro, do you have anything else before we go? Uh, thank you all, all of our Swapper Jacks friends and family for constantly being amazing, giving us feedback, giving us everything we need to keep this show going. Uh, we love y'all. Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. All right, guys, and just remember that black lives always matter, guys. Always. Love y'all. Yep. Uh, and guys, just remember to take some time for yourself to breathe. Worry about yourself first before you can impact anybody else in this world. Take care of yourself. Absolutely. First. 100%. Yes. And also remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always matter, guys. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.